Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am very excited. I think people are going to get a lot out of this conversation tonight. I have not only a musician, an author, a calligrapher, and now my next guest on Ian's Untitled Scene Show. It is Andrew Schwab of Project 86. Andrew, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem, man. So we were talking off air. You're in Nashville right now. Yeah, as of this recording, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. We're working on the second part of uh, the double album uh, for Project 86, Omni. Uh, Yeah, we're working on part two. And I actually just finished up the vocals for part two. We have a lot more to do musically, but I just finished up singing, which is a very strange feeling. Yeah, Uh, We finished actually earlier today. Uh, not super late. And I was not anticipating that. I was thinking that we were, we were going to have a long last day in the studio. Yeah. I fly home tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of just chilling for the rest of the day (laughs) besides talking to you, which is a really welcome feeling. We've, we've, we were just reflecting on this. We've recorded 28 songs (laughs) the last, over the last year or so. So we've been, we've been hitting hard. Well, man, I mean, Uh, For anyone that doesn't know, we're obviously going to go into, you know, background. We're going to go into your present and your future as well. But so when you say that, it's it's more of a monumental thing in a way as well. I'm not sure if you think of it that way, but that could be the absolute last music that you put out as Project 86, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, as we get into it, the future is always unknown. But in terms of the scope of everything, at least at the beginning of this album cycle. Uh, and I'll explain what I mean by this as we go further, but, uh, it is entirely possible. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tease. I definitely enjoy the tease there. So if you could, I know the background, obviously we're going to talk Omni for sure. Part one just came out recently, you know, independent, you know, crowdfunded, you did the whole Patreon thing, which we're definitely going to talk about. And I know you've talked about with a lot of people as well, but can you go into, so this second recording that you just did, this is part two. I I had read somewhere that it might be like two different EPs or is it going to be a full Mm -hmm. album? Have you decided that even yet? No, it's two separate EPs. Okay. So the, the part one that we just dropped is definitely one piece of music. Uh, it's definitely written with a specific uh, linear process in mind. But uh, LP2, it, it's it's just a different thing. It's two separate EPs. So if you're thinking of it as a record, mm-hmm. um, one one is one side, one is the other. Ah. And they, the way I've explained this to people is we have a, a, a piece of art that, that will be in the packaging for this project. And there's a triangle. Uh, as a part of that artwork. And I think of the music as represented by that triangle sonically. The top of the triangle is LP1. It's kind of like the main album. And then sonically speaking, it's kind of a mixture of metal and more digital influences. Sure. And so we wanted to explore kind of the polar ends of that influence or that sonic spectrum so we have one ep that's a little bit more digital focused Mm -hmm. and one ep that's just really really heavy ah okay internally we kind of called those the digital ep and the brutality ep gotcha Uh, that's not how we're marketing them but that's just how we've been referring to them as we've been recording them so yeah we've I've been in Nashville the last week and a half or so just laying down vocals. Uh, we have a lot more to do musically on these songs, but they're starting to come together. It's really exciting. LP2 will definitely have a different feel than LP1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. It's it's apples and oranges, but they all sort of fall under the same umbrella, if For that sure. makes sense. No, a- Absolutely. Now, I know a lot of people have said this, you know, when I'm doing my research and I'm checking, you know, around for what people were saying about Omni and then what you had said about Omni as well. One of the big things I've seen a lot of people talk about is how it's the heaviest 
you know, you've ever been as, as a band. Now, talking about this next EP, not the one that's more electronically or digitally focused, but then the brutality one, quote unquote, is that one, do you think that's going to be even heavier than Omni or is it on that same level? It's more extreme for sure. Okay. I mean, there are moments on LP1 that are so slapping. Yes. <laughs> so It's sure. so hard that I don't know how we could eclipse that. But from like a metal standpoint, it's definitely more extreme, if, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, it's, it's super heavy. It's, it's just it, aggressive. Very, very aggressive. Uh, it, 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 some that hear it will be like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the point. It's meant to be really out there, like really extreme. Uh, and I think we achieved that. It's going to be really fun. The songs came out great. And I can't see our fans not being into it in any way, shape, or form. It's just taking where we left off in certain ways with Omni Part 1 and just <laughs> taking it even further. Yeah, I, I also got to say, though, too, I would say with Project 86 fans in general, I being one of them, I Thanks, don't man. know if anyone, yeah, I don't know if anyone has even like, I think people have favorites for sure out of your discography, but being mm -hmm. around for almost 30 years now and having now Omni was what, the 11th technical full length album? Yeah. And then yeah. now doing two more EPs on top of that. I don't think you've made the same album twice. Mm -hmm. sonically at all but i think you haven't lost fans along the way like it's one of those things where people stick with you because you've been able to stay within the realm of project 86 while still delivering something different if that makes sense that's always kind of the goal and it's selfishly motivated because when you go into writing album eight, album nine, you know, album five, album 11, whatever. Right. The thing that makes that process exciting is trying something new, even if it's subtly new. This time around, it's extremely new. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have had so much fun working on this music, you know, 28 songs worth. It's just been a blast and kind of a whirlwind. It's gone really fast really fast really quickly oh wow uh, and it, it's i mean it, it doesn't look like it's all come together quickly on paper i'm sure the fans wouldn't say that <laughs> uh because it's you know it's a couple years worth of of writing and recording but uh for me it's it's just flown by because the process has been so enjoyable and very very different from anything else that we've ever done and it shows you can hear it oh yeah um I, the vocal approach, you know, the the guitar sounds, just the energy of it, it's just on a whole different plane than anything in the past. Absolutely. Yeah, you you hit a completely different spectrum with this. And I'm sure a lot of it had to do with, you know, some of the producers that you brought in, your writing partners, you know, working with, you know, Corey from Norma Jean, stuff like that. I'm sure that had a major influence on in what you're doing, but then also the concept of what you were doing as well. The story that you're telling is pretty dark in, in most cases. I'm sure people can interpret it in different ways for sure, but a lot of times it's going to seem very dark. And I did want to hit something before we move on too. I had read before, so I, and sorry, you might've even said it, maybe I missed it. The two EPs, is that the prequel to Omni? That's the idea. Okay. So in this world building and there's a there's a, a book that i've written a fiction book uh we're working on an animated well it's actually hybrid live action animation uh film mm -hmm. that goes along with lp1 nice uh which are three music videos that we dropped and if you, you guys that are listening you want just a taste of you know the band or you know what we're trying to cover here in this episode just go to YouTube and go to our YouTube channel and watch the three music yes. videos that we we've dropped. I will uh, have just, links. We're just at. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. You'll have the links to the videos. So for sure. Uh, trying to create this immersive kind of experience for the fan and trying to check a lot of boxes that are passions for me, whether it's the visual medium, you know, uh, even filmmaking mm -hmm. or 
you know, storytelling, writing fiction. Uh, it, 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 this is all meant to play together with the music as obviously the most important element here. But um, the concept for the album is a story and an idea that is a casting forward of current events about 20 years. Sure. And there are two major players or antagonists in this story that represent or that basically run uh, the big tech company that takes over the world. Right. And I wanted to look at what makes these guys tick a little bit more on these EPs. So each of their characters sort of origin or backstories or um, just, you know, character exploration is represented by the lyrics on LP2 and each mm-hmm. EP is representative of one, one of these bad guys, basically. <laughs> right, right, right. Each of these bad guys. So I guess, the, I guess the question and tell me if I'm, you know, obviously a lot of film and music obviously is very subjective. When I look at movies that have prequels to them, it is very difficult for me to think of a prequel that is better than the original itself, right? Mm. So was there a reason why you didn't start with giving that backstory of the antagonist before going into Omni and having Omni be your final, you know, this is Project 86, this is a story we wanted to finish with? Or and maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe you have prequels and movies that you love that are better, you think, than the actual original movie. Mm. But for me, I seem to like I rack my brain trying to think of anything that hits that, and I haven't been able to do it. So I just wondered if that kind of entered into your thought process at all. You know, you're the first one that's used the word prequel. I I I've looked at this as two separate kind of character explorations oh, okay. um right. almost almost in the sense of like world building uh you know prequel is you know what happened story wise prior to the main event right mm-hmm. sure and this is more about what makes these guys tick ah, you know okay uh so a lot of mantra statements uh, there are events that i sort of try to capture in the lyrics that i don't think people will completely understand unless i explain them you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah you know i had that kind of in mind uh you know and as we've been proceeding it's like wow lp1 turned out so good can we possibly even touch this with lp2 and where i've where i've ended up and and really just the facts of the matter are that lp1 and lp2 are apples and oranges they're two completely different things right okay. lp1 is a it's one thought and there are a lot of highlights, a lot of high moments. There's a lot of low moments. There's a lot of ebb and flow. It's um, it, it it it's a little bit more paced, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay. And LP two, there it's just f- five bangers on each EP. Ah. So it's just boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just a totally different approach. Okay, and in hopefully that... you didn't you didn't jinx it. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. I apologize if I did. You can well you can come back on the show and yell at me <laughs> in a year. Or so. <laughs> but I, no, no. I, and I am I am looking forward to it for sure. I think one of the one of the big like interesting parts is what you mentioned too about having that that book. You know that kind of novel that's going to be coming mm-hmm. out. Now will that explore all lp1 and lp2 plus more or is that going to focus more on lp1 you know what's interesting we didn't add these eps or part two until lp1 was was really far down the line and being written Ah. we didn't make the decision to do a double album so everything was sort of focused on lp1 you know doing the film doing you know the book and such. So one of the dilemmas for me is, you know, LP two definitely is not just some sort of epilogue. It's not just an after afterthought. Right. So can that's one consideration that I've had is like, okay, do I need to do some sort of like postscript or like epilogue, you know, to sort of capture some of these events. Now I will say that it's a, a good chunk of 
the material lyrically that comprises these EPs is found in two specific chapters of the book. Okay. So, uh, I don't know if it will even be necessary because I think we'll be able to fill in the gaps from the main book, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I do believe, I mean, obviously I'm going to get the book (laughs) when it's ready to come out and everything. So I'll, I'll put everything together. Is it something where maybe you can listen to at least LP one? while you're going through the book is almost like a, a backdrop or a soundtrack to that book. Yeah, that's, that's the intention. So, you know, the lyrics are in the text oh, okay. of the story. So it's definitely follow alongable. I, I really want this to be seamless for those that are interested in going further into, you know, the world building. Right. So, I realize there'll be a lot of people who just like the music and want to listen to the music and that's it. And that's cool. Uh, but this is all meant for those, you know, that really want to go further. So the, the book, the film, the lyrics, the album all fit pretty well together. They're all based on and have influenced based on and have influence influenced one another. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, completely makes sense then so then when you talk about the the short film or however long it's going to be based on those music videos i i thought the imagery in those music videos were striking like when you talk about how sometimes people yeah absolutely when you talk about how sometimes people might not be able to tell hey this is project 86 when you look at those music videos they are far and away standouts from anyone making music videos right now in this scene Thanks, man. Yeah. There's so much really great imagery in each one. Obviously, the story is being told. The music is right there. It's hard hitting. It just everything seems to come together. I'm not going to ask what your what your process was with, with coming up with it. But like, when did you know you found the right imagery to capture this world building as you had put it before? Gosh, it was such such a great question, by the way. It was such an interesting dilemma that arose out of the ambition of this project or or the the ridiculousness of the project (laughs) so i didn't have a plan i i was just i knew that it was something that i wanted to do it was kind of like when the band started i i didn't know how to do it i didn't know how i was going to make it happen (laughs) i just knew i was going to make it happen Right, right so and it's not like you know i don't have a an awesome team with me who's who's doing a lot of the the heavy lifting here. I do, and a big shout to Spencer and Joel. Oh, nice. Uh, who you know, there's three of us, the triumvirate uh, that that work on this, the visual elements, the film, the the music videos. Nice. Uh, I didn't even know Spencer, who's the director, uh, prior prior to this process. If oh, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So really the way that this happened was we have a really, really, really special community on Patreon, about 200 people Mm -hmm. that have been a part of that thing for a couple of years now. And it goes so far beyond just behind the scenes content interaction. It is like a vibrant community uh, that I have drawn inspiration and criticism and encouragement and everything in between from, I mean, just, this is just one example. So I go on and I do a podcast twice a week just for those folks, those people in the Patreon community. And I talk about everything. I'm super candid with them about the process. If I'm feeling bad one day, I talk about it. You know, it's basically a confessional. And I was talking about doing LP one as an animated film from the beginning and just not knowing how was, how in the world I was going to be able to pull it off Mm -hmm. a from a budget standpoint, B from just, I don't know who I'm going to hire that can do what I'm thinking I want to do, which is this kind of hybrid live action animation look, right? Something unique. And that's, that's really been the goal with everything across the board here is like, how can we come up with something that's entirely unique uh, sonically? Uh, story-wise, visually, lyrically, you know, all of it. Mm -hmm. So 
I put this out there to the community and I said, look, guys, I don't know how we're going to do this, but uh, I'm throwing it out to you guys. Say a prayer about it and let's see what happens. Right. And I get a message from one of our highest level supporters who I hadn't really interacted with much. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I work for a big media company. I have a film background. I really think I can help you execute this thing. Ah. So I was like, cool, let's jump on a, jump on a Zoom call. We jumped on a Zoom call. And right away, I was like, huh, there's something to this. And so we started talking more. And basically, he was like, you know, I know a lot of people in that world. Let me put some feelers out. And a friend of a friend happened to be Spencer Olson, who does such a unique thing. His, his initial sort of foray into visual media was doing stop motion animation for Legos. Ah, okay. And that, that content is on his YouTube channel. To, to this day, I checked it out. I was like, wow, this is really good. And he just started showing me a bunch of content that was right in the wheelhouse of what I wanted to, to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we had to go back and forth to kind of arrive at a visual aesthetic. But I really think the look, which involves, you know, still imagery, live action, you know, uh, digital animation, uh, and and a lot of things in between as well uh that was really derived from the album package that we had been working on which was just our art guy shout out to donnie phillips kind of you know talking to me over a series of months and me trying to tell him you know this is what this world looks like you know so i've kind of gone george lucas on this thing (laughs) and sort of invented this whole universe and all of this terminology and language and characters and just ton of, you know, vehicle, everything from vehicles to all, all these other things. And just seeing it come to life has been beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And the, the quality of everything that's come together, like I can't, can't take, you know, but a little credit for it because the, the massive team of creatives that have been assembled around this thing have been just astronomically, uh, prolific talented uh and just nailing it yeah uh, you know you mentioned Corey from norma jean when, when when we you know we we developed a friendship during the pandemic and discovered that we had a lot of things in common uh just our creative backgrounds you know our respective roles and what we do in our bands and blah 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 yeah and i went to him when i started this process and i said I, you know do you want to do a song and he said why don't we write a song i said okay and then we hopped on a call and then I was like, dude, why don't you just help me do this thing? He said, ah, okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll just connect you with my crew, man. And we're going to help you execute your sound, your story. We don't want what, you know, our band or our bands, because they're all, yeah. all these guys are in multiple bands, so many bands uh, yeah. to influence you. We want you to influence us. We want you to tell us what the vision is. So right. I flew to Arkansas. And I got out this whiteboard in Corey's practice space for Norman Jean, and I drew a pic- couple pictures and wrote down some words that this is what this is what I want to say. This is what it's about. You know, this is the whole thing right here. And you know, he was like, "I love it. This is amazing." Nice. And I said, "Look, I just want this thing to be a little bit cinematic. I want it to be super ominous, like really heavy, and I just want to go." you know, more gnarly with my vocals than I've ever done before. Right. Yeah. And so we worked really closely together on the music and, and like, dude, again, big shout out to him, Matt Putman, um, Grayson Stewart, Michael Palmquist, Phil Ferris, uh, Bo Burchelle, oh, yeah. all the guys that touched this thing. Um, I really, really had something specific I was going for here. And these guys helped me flush it out. And it, where we ended up was what I wanted and more. Uh, and uh, I just can't say how thankful I am for, for the content. Absolutely, man. So I think just even the undertaking of that, knowing because basically, let's, let's call it what it is, right? You called your shot. And you said, this is going to be the last Project 86 album. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, anything can happen in the future, obviously. We have a mm-hmm. lot of nostalgia, lots of bands coming back and everything. But, sure. You know, you did say this is this is where I feel like I am. This is it. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is it. This is it. But what a, what a way to go out of really trying to make 
this whole world and your vision happen for this last time? Like, I, I think that's the big thing is really, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say, you know, through your career, you did what? One other concept album, right? Truthless the, Heroes? There's been two. two? Uh, okay. Knives of the Future oh, okay. uh, was also one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, like, that 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 term is not the greatest because it, it always implies that there's some convoluted story that sort of takes over the music and sure. it's never the band's best album musically because they get so caught up in the whole narrative element of it. I really wanted to upend that idea. Right. Uh, even though there's a narrative element to this, like I was like, I want people to say this is our best album musically. Right. Right. Sure. And I think, I, I, I think it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's for the listener to decide, but, we really gave it a good shot. Let's put it that way. And I, I, I'm really happy with the results. For sure. Uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, talking about th- this brings me to a story that I've been sharing on on the media and the press that, that we've been doing surrounding, you know, LP1 here uh, sure. that I feel like I need I need to share because we, we've touched on it a little bit and it's probably the appropriate time to open up about this. So when I announced, you know, this is it, we're going to do one more thing and then I'm done. Uh, there were some specific reasons for that. And the, the biggest one for me on my end was I'll, I had a vocal cord injury earlier in my career, uh, basically on our third record, Truthless Heroes. Ah, sure. I got I got what's called a vocal cord nodule, which mm-hmm. uh, some people know about, some people don't. But it is a career-threatening thing, potentially. Absolutely. And I got, and I got that way back in 2002. And it was a pretty nightmarish time. Truthless Heroes was a very difficult uh, album cycle uh, because of a lot of external politics and mm-hmm. pressures on the process and just getting trying to get bought out of our, our independent deal and go to a major. And, right. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just a lot surrounding it. And it, it was a, it, it, it was difficult. And I think one of the contributing factors to me developing a vocal cord nodule was just kind of all that pressure that was surrounding the process. So what happened specifically is we're in the studio. We finished tracking all the instruments. Uh, producer, band, go to Vegas, you know, we just to blow off some steam and have a fun weekend before we start vocals. Sure. We get back. I get in the studio, the, the vocal booth in the studio to start the first tracking the first song. And my voice doesn't work. And I've never had laryngitis in my life. Mm-hmm. So I start to, like, my speaking voice was fine. But as soon as I started to do that shouting thing that I do, uh, my voice would just crack. And wow. so it, it just didn't work. So producers, you know, in, in the, uh, control room and he's on the talk back and he just says, we'll try it again, try it again. You know, we keep trying. And so I just start pushing harder and harder and harder to try to make my voice work. And finally I feel something break in my throat. Oh. Like I, I feel this like pain Oof. and like my, the, the side of my, uh, neck, was sore like all the way up to like my ear it was weird yeah and i'm i was like man something's wrong like i think i just broke my 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 voice wow so i made an appointment with um my then vocal coach and i i went in with him because he had a lot of experience with with working with singers who had vocal cord injuries and nodules and all kinds of stuff and you know while he's not a doctor he was like you know, kind of feeling around in my throat and kind of having me do a few exercises. He's like, man, I think you have a nodule. I'm like, oh gosh. (laughs) Which is like, my heart just sank. Well, right. Yeah. And so I made an appointment. I I went into the vocal cord doctor specialist, like the baller Beverly Hills guy. And I walk in and he's like, oh yeah, Ozzy was just in here. And (laughs) it was really surreal and strange. And, and, uh, you know, they put this uh, tube up my nose and down my throat and they shoot a video of my vocal cords and they show me the video and he's like well we can see now you have a a vocal cord nodule and so thus started a a pretty difficult six months or so where i had to get the record finished in between singing i had to be on vocal rest which means you can't speak to anyone right uh for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and then we went on the road uh, and it got worse and I'm going to the doctor, I'm going to the voice coach, I'm going to a speech therapist. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, it was, it was just a nightmare for about six months. I was on voice rest and going back and forth to these, each of those, those, uh, those guys. And 
finally, um, after about a year of dealing with it, uh, I, I finally said, screw it. I'm not going to do any of this. Anymore. I'm not going to go any more doctors or speech therapists. And I, I just, I never, never dealt with it again in the way that they were telling me that I was supposed to. And oh. the band just went on the road yeah. and we just started touring and I just lived with it, you know, thinking the entire time up until, you know, a year or so ago that I was making it worse. I had friends along the way always telling me, dude, your voice, your speaking voice sounds gnarlier, you know, for sure you're doing damage to your voice, you know, with the way that you sing. So a lot, this is all bringing back to this announcement, Mm -hmm. you know, me saying, I've been doing it for 25 years. It's time for me to move on because you know, my voice is not going to be able to do this anymore. I see. Uh, And that, that was the biggest part of it. Um, I always struggled with losing my voice, with having to go on vocal rest. So, you know, it, it, just because I stopped going to doctors and all that stuff doesn't mean that I stopped having voice problems. I had voice problems all along the way. I just, you know, dealt with it myself. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, uh, we get through writing Omni Part One, and I'm just about to go into the studio, about a month away from starting to track vocals. And this was last year, and I got COVID and uh, I was sick for about a week. And while I was kind of coming back from it, I was in my car and I love listening to loud music in my car and singing or screaming or whatever alone. That's (laughs) part of my voice exercise or keeping. It's just part of something that I've done my whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Listening to loud music, singing alone. And so I put on some music in my car I started singing along and I swear I went through the exact, the same exact thing happened to me oh. as happened to me way back when I was in that vocal booth in right. 2002. I felt something give in my throat and I felt like I bruised my vocal cords and there was pain like on the side of my neck again. I was like, oh, I've finally done it. Oh. You know, because the worry is you have a, a nodule on one side of your vocal cord. And you abuse your voice enough, you get a second one on the other side, right. and then your voice really doesn't work. Exactly. Because your vocal cords can't come together. So that's always been my fear. So you have to understand, I've been living with this fear for like 20 years right. that right. I was making my, my, my voice worse. And I refused to go to the doctor because I was scared to get bad news. I exactly. didn't want anyone to tell me I couldn't sing anymore or I, you know, if I don't stop, I'm going to lose my voice permanently, all that stuff. So uh, finally, I'm forced to go to the doctor. I put myself on voice rest for like a month. Didn't go away. So I'm like, I I have to go to the doctor. And so I go to go to a doctor, find a random ear, nose and throat specialist who who does voice stuff. I go in fully prepared for them to give me bad news. I sit down They put the probe up my nose, down my throat. I sing. She takes the probe out of my face. And then she shows me the video. And I'm like squinting, you know, like. But one eye open, like, ready to look at it. She says, oh, look, your vocal cords look perfect. Whatever you had going on before has healed. Wow. You look great. Your voice is, your throat is just a little swollen from being sick. Right, right. Just take some allergy spray and you should be good as new. Well, I wasn't ready for that information. (laughs) (laughs) So I walked out of that doctor's office and it's like like something out of a film where the, the camera is spinning around a character 360 degree they you know what i mean like the world again yeah like yeah. everything's new brand new yeah 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 so i was like i don't know what to do man like i didn't know in the best possible way i was like i don't even know how to process this right now right wow and and what like great timing yes. right before <laughs> i go into the studio so then <laughs> it gets even better i go into the studio and i'm working with Bo, Bo burchell who's yep. in temecula i live in orange county so he's pretty close to me okay for some first time i'd ever worked with Bo, but I, you know a lot of friends have worked with him heard great things got in with him such a rad dude super talented oh good you know he's worked on a lot of really cool stuff get in there and you know i tell him like look i'm trying some different stuff on this material it's way heavier you know i'm gonna do this kind of like more death growl sound <laughs> to some of this stuff and we'll see how, how it comes out i did it on one song previously and it came out pretty cool it's how i sing live actually i've been singing that way for like 10 years for a decade right. mm-hmm. but i had never done it on a record and so you know like, 
we're like a song or two into it. He he stops. He turns around and looks at me. He says, dude, I'm not just saying this. You have never sounded this good. That's awesome. You sound <laughs> way better than you've ever sounded. And like, I'm not losing my voice right. at all, which is what always happens to me when I'm in the studio. So it feels good. It sounds good. The music is pummeling and not just heavy to be heavy. The songs are good. Yeah. And I'm going, what is going on, man? So this like in a great way, like, so I've just been one day at a time absorbing the ride of this thing, enjoying the process. And we'll see. I have no idea, you know, like what, what, where I go from here, you know, all I knew is that I made 10 records as project 86. And this thing, though, it still bears the name of project 86 is a complete reinvention. Right. And so whatever happens after this for me, musically, it's in the wake of what's happened with Omni and all this really awesome stuff. I see. You might be the only person I know where COVID cured you. (laughs) I've never heard I've never heard a good story about COVID until that. <laughs> yeah, somehow I came out on the other side reborn. That is so awesome to hear, first of all. Like, first of all, congratulations. I don't know what you did, but that is awesome that that that, that happened because just the whole breath of life, the change of perspective. I guess it's it's a little funny in a way that this is probably your most depressing album. You know, it's not like you've always had like really happy albums, but this one certainly is a pretty depressing one, depending on how you're looking at it. Mm. But like I said, that's why I want to read the story full, because right now I think people can look at it and I think you can see it in a couple of different ways of whether or not it's actually a depressing ending or not. Mm. I will tell you it is the opposite of a depressing ending. Interesting. Once, once, once you get to it. I don't want to ruin it for you. Oh, no, no. I, I got you. Uh, I don't like doing this on the show because I don't want to ruin it for other people. But afterwards, yeah. when we're done, I want to run a theory by you. And then you can just like nod or something. <laughs> That's fine. That is totally fine. Yeah. Uh, it's, there's a lot of bad, dark stuff in this Absolutely. Yeah. thing. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, I'll give it to people in a nutshell here. I wanted to write about what would happen if the transhumanistic dream comes to fruition and we are all able to basically cheat death and upload our consciousness into some sort of metaverse. Sure. Uh, what would that do to human psyches across the globe? What, what would that say about our human and what would that say about our human nature? Right. And that's, that's what I wanted to explore. And it's also like very Nietzsche in a sense, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea of God being dead or the fact that God, you know, mankind has decided that you know, we have eclipsed God because yes. now, now we are God because mm-hmm. we can live forever type of thing. Right. What would that all look like? Uh, because that's kind of where we're headed. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you I start mean. reading about this stuff, you know, everything that's happening with AI yes. and you start reading, reading about transhumanism and watching where the money is going. Oh, uh, yes. reading about people investing millions and millions of dollars in companies that are trying to make these types of technologies come to fruition, extending lifespans, working towards immortality for human beings. Right. It's all happening, man. So pretty scary stuff, which is why the album feels so dark. And that was intentional. Oh yeah. Like I was over and over and over again, as we were writing, we'd have these amazing kick-ass songs that we would write. And I would say, I don't think this is right for the record. It's too positive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's great. So I, I, I kept saying, and and that's why I got to give shout out to the collaborators and the the team, the production team and everybody, because I, you know, I, I, I pushed everybody to deliver a specific tone that did not let people off the hook. Right. 
I want you to feel a thing when you get through this record, at least LP one, LP two, totally different. Right. Right. Uh, LP one though, when you're done, I want you to feel like you need a shower, <laughs> you know, or, or, or something, or like you just went through something that gave you PTSD. Right. That's how I want you to feel. Yeah. I, I go, you know, talk about the imagery of the music videos. But then there's also just a, the album itself, right? There's the Omni Tower, that spire, mm-hmm. the human skull or what it's whatever it's supposed to be behind it as well. That imagery right there is so dark and desolate, and it just fits that, at least that narrative in the beginning, for sure. Mm. And then whatever happens at the end of it, like I said, you can kind of look at that as depressing or uplifting depending on the way you're looking at the way things have gone. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I appreciate that a lot. And then add in the music elements of, of itself. Now, when you talk about having, I think you said you had 28 songs, right? So that means mm. technically you've got some left over. Is that the positive songs that you've got kind of there just in case if you want to release those for Patreon people or something like that? Like extra story chapters, I guess. So the way that we did this for these 28 songs is as follows. We did 12 for LP one, mm-hmm. 10 for LP two, which is the two EPs, five on each one. Yep. And then we did five songs that we called NFT songs that we made available to the first five people that oh, grabbed them on, okay. on the Patreon community and call them NFT songs because it's basically a song that one person gets and purchases. Ah, oh, that's what that was. Okay, gotcha. And then we had one other song that we recorded that we released only for our highest level subscribers on our Patreon. Gotcha. Um, and the deal was subscribe for three months mm-hmm. and you get this song and you're the only ones that get it. That's pretty cool. And those songs came out so good. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, I can't believe nobody's going to yeah. hear this. Are you this regretting insane. that a little bit? Like a tiny bit? I, mean, I don't know if I regret <laughs> it because all of those people have been so incredibly supportive. Yes, right. And right. a big shout to our entire Patreon community and a big shout to the Platinum members. So I, I cannot say that I regret it, but there is a part of me that's like, man, I just wish you know, we could put that out somehow and let the world experience it because we we literally wrote one of the best songs of all 28 and one of the best songs that we've ever made. And it's for those platinum folks. So it should, it should be a testimony to how valuable those people have been, not just financially, but just the support. It's like the inner circle of the inner circle of the inner circle of support. Like, and when I say support, I mean like, I hope I've painted this proper picture. Like I go on the podcast and I talk about what's really going on with the whole creative picture. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many obstacles along the way that have been overcome where it's just like, just like I told you about the, the animated (laughs) hybrid, you know, process of finding the right team for that. Like, I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to execute this for the, for the budget that I have to work with and, you know, for what I want to do and the quality level that I want to be, I'm like, this is like impossible. And yet here we are, yeah. you know, there's been so many things like that that have come up that have somehow gotten resolved either. You know, a lot of times it's someone directly in the Patreon community who's arms distance away from somebody else. Wow. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I don't know if I know a very many dedicated patreon subscribers of things like Mm -hmm. when i was when i was going through and seeing your patreon and seeing the tier levels and how many people were you know were subscribed to each level and you know obviously you've been crowdfunding since what was it wait for the sirens yeah yeah wait for the sirens yeah so that's Mm -hmm. four albums plus the you know lp2 on top of that Mm -hmm. coming out as well that you've had this type of community Mm-hmm. And this type of support, when, like I said, when I say support, I'm not just meaning the money. It's also the talks that you're having. It's probably one of the most in-depth crowdfunding Patreons that I've ever seen, where you are doing so much interaction with with mm-hmm. Patreons. Like, it's it's crazy. Most, most of your time must be, you know, writing and then going and talking to everyone on top of that. 
Yeah, yeah. And I do Zoom calls with people too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Platinum members specifically. Um, we have those folks on as guests. Uh, so there's a lot of interaction. Uh, we do group calls as well. I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of time, but it's totally worth it. And I think that's why it's so it's so vibrant and so uh, has so much longevity is because those, all of those people know that they're the inner circle and without them, none of this happens. And so I make sure that they get the first taste of everything. They get my most personal thoughts. I mean, they're, they're my team, man. And uh, I call them the cult. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, like I'm the cult leader, you know, and they're the, they're the, the the late what i don't know yeah the minions whatever yeah uh, I, I gotcha yeah well no I, I look i i've always i've always liked the idea of of patreon i haven't gone into it as much but it was what you just said there that i appreciate about making sure that the patreon members get everything first i mm-hmm. remember i crowdfunded if you know you know the band from first to last Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When they when they had gotten Spencer from Periphery and they were doing that crowdfunded album, Dead Trees, I remember they're one of my all time favorite bands. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get their highest tiers that they have here. Mm-hmm. And I remember they had promised everything's going to everything's going to go to the uh, well, it wasn't Patreon, it was Kickstarter or whatever. It, yeah. It's going to go to all the members first. And then. They decided that they didn't want to do the distribution themselves or something happened back, you know, backstage or whatever, that they went with Sumerian and then Sumerian just basically went, well, no, we're putting this out to everyone. Yeah. And then didn't fulfill the promises that were made. Uh, And that always left a really sour taste for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Another crowdfunding thing did that as well. This time it was like a movie thing. Mm. So I just, I kind of got really bad luck. (laughs) with that so i appreciate that you take care of the people that supported you i i think that's the way it's supposed to be yeah we did the same thing for the people who pre-ordered we've had a, a quite a few people participate in the pre-order and they still are participating because that pre-order is still open yeah, yeah until we finish lp2 and put everything into production uh we we have been very diligent about uh coming through on the things that we said that we we're going to it's taken longer oh sure but yeah, yeah. Uh, for example, when we dropped uh, LP1 to streaming, you know, we we gave uh, the the download to everybody on there two weeks before. That's awesome. You know, and yeah, as far as the the records and the CDs and the T-shirts and all that stuff, you know, we're we're pla- we're planning on uh, probably June, July on okay. starting to ship all that stuff out. So. Yeah, I, I think that's why this works for our band because for the most part we have been very diligent. I mean, me saying for the most part's probably underselling it. Um, I've been pretty diligent about along the way making sure that the diehard fans are taken care of. Right. Well, let's go back. I want to go back to something that you mentioned before about concept albums and kind of wanting to make sure that you're making you know great music while also having that concept there. And I got to say, one of my, and I've talked about this on recent shows as well, one of my favorite things to do is I'm not really a single person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I will listen anytime a band puts out, especially ones that I like, I will go ahead and I'll listen to a single and add it to a playlist or something like that. But in general, I still love a full album and I'll take that full album and I'll listen to it straight through with the lyrics as well if I can. And I'll read Mm -hmm. through the lyrics as I'm listening to the album. With a concept album, it just adds so much extra. And I really, really enjoy diving into the stories as well as hearing that music. So one of the Mm -hmm. fun things for me getting ready for this conversation is I think I took more notes than I probably ever have for an interview because (laughs) I was going through it. Yeah, (laughs) I really, really enjoy that. And I kind of think that even though there have been great bands that have done concept albums throughout the years and everything, and everyone will have their certain favorites, or maybe some people hate concept albums, I don't know. But in general, that's one of my favorite parts, is being able to not only explore the music, but also explore that world and that story. So that's something mm-hmm. I really appreciate. I guess what, what the question, besides just praising you for that, I think the question would be, 
Thanks, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. How do you, how do you, when you want to make sure that that music is where you want it to be, and then you have the construct of what the story is going to be, are you basically following an outline? Like how do you separate the two and conjoin the two? That's a good question. You're really asking about the process and how you sort of strategize it. And because I've done this and thank you again for all the, you know, the nice things you said, um, because I've done this twice in the past, I've learned from my mistakes. Ah, okay. All right. That's exactly what you're supposed so, to do. Yep, yep. <laughs> so the one thing that was important to me is like, okay, if I'm going to do this conceptual thing. I can't get so bogged down with like song order and um, how do I put this? Track listing ha- is so important oh, yeah. on an album, right? Uh, it's a, it's an art form in and of itself is putting the right songs in the right places to introduce them to the audience the right way, you know, to use, introduce the album to the audience the right way. You need, you know, there's a, there's just a methodology to it all, um, that I totally adhere to. Like I have a whole formula to it, um, that I don't really deviate from. So in learning lessons in the past about not putting the right songs in the right places, what I did differently this time is I definitely had an outline. I definitely said, here are the songs. Here's what they need to sound like. Now let's write them, Ah, which was, which was why it was important to have really talented people who had bought into the vision. Yes. You know, the store, the thing I was trying to do, I'm like, I explained to all the guys I'm working on, like, this only works if you're in creatively. If you, if you dig this thing yes. that I'm trying right. to do, if it's just a gig or whatever, that's probably not going to work in right. the end. We're right. probably not going to work that well. Uh, so I had to make sure that, that everybody bought in almost like a football coach or something, sure. you know, <laughs> uh, and then secondly, we had to have a specific plan. And that's what I had. I, I, I was like, this is what this song sounds like. This is what this has to be. Okay. Here are the influences. Here's the lyrics. Here's, here's, the sa- here's some songs that are from artists. You know, and, and I drove everyone nuts as we were <laughs> writing it because it w- I wouldn't let anyone just sit down and write riffs. Okay. That sure. was one thing I was adamant about, adamant about in the beginning of this. And uh, uh, it's funny. Some of my dudes still make fun of me for this, but now they understand it. But at the time they didn't. So what I said to everybody was, I don't want any riffs. (laughs) And everybody's looking at me like, are you insane? Because I don't play guitar. Right, right. So I said, no, we're not going to do what every other band does. Well, here's this band that we like. Here's this band that we like. Here's this riff that we like. Let's do something like this. I don't want to start there. Where I want to start is here's the emotion. Here's the theme. I want you to make me feel this thing with music. This is what's happening at this point in this story. This is what needs to happen in the song. This is where we need to take the audience emotionally. Okay. And dude, it worked every time. (laughs) It worked. It worked. I was just like, this is the type of song that I need. This is what this is what the lyrics are going to be about. So this is what needs to happen, and then we just made it happen. Wow, it was crazy. Yeah, it does. It seems crazy because you're right. That is pretty much the opposite. I like. I mean, I've had so many bands on the show yeah. over so many years, and we we don't often talk about process, but when we do, that's what it is. It's it's always music first, and then lyrics, or you know, people have lyric sheets that they'll they'll write down or they'll note their note app or something that they'll write down mm-hmm. lyrics or something but in general it's music first and then lyrics and just thinking about the tone the concept everything that you're looking to feel before or in a song yeah that's just that's so different i'm so glad it worked out <laughs> did you take that same structure for omni into the next two albums as well or the next two eps so regarding the process for the the two EPs for LP2, yeah, it was essentially the same idea. While it's not one specific story 
It's really more about building a picture of two separate characters. It was still a thing where I had a theme or an idea for each song. Okay. Uh, lyrically. Different boxes I needed to check with different songs. Now, it was a little bit more flexible because I didn't need it to be linear. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Right. It was more just about, okay, I know I need one song about this, one song about this, one song about this, one song about this, and just plugging them in then on the songs that I felt like fit that emotion or that piece of the puzzle the proper way. So it wasn't quite as dramatic of a process or or scripted if that makes sense sure okay so uh i keep telling people it will be apples and oranges between lp1 and lp2 because lp2 there's no fat there's no interludes (laughs) not that not that the interludes and such on lp1 are fat in any way shape or form we actually did that on purpose to make certain that these are not tracks that you want to skip right you know right but it's just, it's meant to be 10 bangers. You've got five really, really aggressive, heavy songs, and then five more digital leaning, but still pretty yeah. aggressive songs. Um, but okay. just bangers. Right. Absolutely. All right, Andrew, that makes perfect sense. So I think we're coming close to the end right now. And I just kind of, it might be a little cliche question, and maybe it'd be more appropriate actually to ask, you know, if you come back on the show next time, which I hope you do. But, oh, I would love to, man. Oh, thank you very to. much, man. No, I, I we're going to have a lot, a, a ton, obviously, that we're going to be able to talk to talk about, sorry, on LP2. But I just, just in general, looking in your past and everything, I think one of the big things is even though Project 86 might not be done now, especially with the story that you were able to tell about your vocal cords, if this is the end of Project 86, besides your miraculous healing of your vocal cords in general, (laughs) what would you say, like when you look back at the moments as a band, is there a way to say that something is the most proud of an era, an album, having the Patreon? What what would you say when you look back are going to be those successes? If if you would have asked me before this process, it would have been very clear. I probably would have talked about two albums, one being Drawn Black Lines sure. earlier in our earlier in our career. So many people came to know our band that way. That's a lot of people's favorite record from us. Yep. Uh it was a really fun time in the band. We the, the thing that made it so cool is our first album was good and we really wanted to take it up a notch for the second record and we surpassed even what we thought we were capable of and seeing that happen and hearing those songs come together and the way that they ended up sounding, it just blew us all away. And then everything that happened after that signed to a major and, you know, started touring with some really, really well-known artists and the band got pretty well known. Yeah. Uh, That was all a freaking dream, man. (laughs) It wasn't (laughs) perfect. There was a lot of hard stuff that happened along the way, but like hard in quotes, right? Yeah. So few bands get to even experience that level of success and excitement. And we, we got to live a lot of our dreams uh, because of that record. So that was that was a, a really, really memorable, special time. And then our our uh, eighth album, Wait for the Siren, was oh. a really special record. Uh, it was a very, very much a transitional time. Uh, a lot of the older members had had evolved out of the band over over you know a period of four or five years and the onus to writing or or at least taking responsibility for wearing most of the creative hats fell on my shoulders uh moving forward at least um i had to you know assemble new people you know to work with and such Mm -hmm. uh in various capacities it was a big challenge and i think what came out of that was you know, probably our second best record up to, up to that date. Nice. Um, or, or at least up until Omni. Right. Um, it's really hard for me being in the middle of this right now to see clearly. Right. And you probably have to ask me, you know, a couple of years down the line, once we get past this chapter of the band, but as of now where I sit, it's really hard for me to say that there have been many things that have eclipsed what I've experienced in the last 18 months to two years ah. because of the, the story that I told you with the vocal cords, the way yeah. that the music has come out, uh, how I've been able to 
really, I mean, you know, we all have a bucket list, right? That, oh, that <laughs> we operate from in real life. Well, I've had a bucket list in the context of my experience with Project 86. It's been running, you know, the entire time. A lot of things that I've wanted to do that I've never been able to do or never tried to do or just never happened. Right. And a lot of those things are coming to fruition before my very eyes. And again, exceeding my expectations, that's you know, awesome. doing a double album, doing a sound that's way darker and way heavier, almost, you know, a metal type sound, uh, being able to do the type of vocals that I've always kind of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but just frankly, didn't know whether or not I could pull it off. Gotcha. Um, those kinds of victories um and then the music videos and the film uh just dreams of mine and the book yeah the fiction book, book yep. you know mm-hmm. never i've never written a piece of fiction i i attempted to with truthless heroes and i got to like the last chapter and then i abandoned it oh. because i just didn't like i didn't like where it ended up ah, I, see. I, I just wasn't i wasn't happy with where it all went gotcha. um okay and so yeah man it, it's been very very redemptive uh, in That's so great. many ways. Right. Uh, and you have to realize too, like ever since our second record, I've been told you guys will never make anything, you know, by so many people, you guys will never make anything that eclipses drawing black lines. Wow. And I've had a lot of people post comments on various pieces of media. saying this is your best record. This is your best material. And it's more than just one or two people. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of people I respect have said that to me uh, that are in the industry, uh, right. producers, other artists, you know, people in the media. So it's been really good, man. I like, I know it's the cliche thing to say. It's like, oh, the latest thing's the coolest thing, you know? <laughs> uh, but this is a different animal, man. Yes. And maybe it's fair to say that, you know, this is the point of departure. Um, and maybe, maybe the, the ship left the dock before we even started recording Omni. Um, okay. So maybe that's the proper way to frame it. I don't know because we're not at the end of the road yet. Interesting. Now, once again, I like the tease. I definitely like the tease. I like the way you're, you're talking and I will say for sure for me, and I don't often say this and especially with bands that have been around for a long time with how. The trend in the scene seems to be to go a lot softer uh, yeah. and a lot different than the way you went. Yeah. I can I can tell you this for sure. Omni is definitely my favorite album of yours. That's crazy. Oh yeah, thanks, I, man. I, and I that yeah. just never happens normally. So thank I, you. Thank I, you. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. And you know, as a music fan, don't think I'm not aware that every band, especially heavy bands, a lot of them at least end up going a lot just less aggressive the more right. they age because they're just not as in touch. Like it's a young dude's game, right? Sure, sure. They're, you're just not as in touch with that youthful emotion, the passion. You know, it's sort of, it's, it's like a, you know, a, a campfire that burns out over time, right? Right, right. sure. I, just for me, for whatever reason, I just have been accumulating this <laughs> <laughs> extra level building of drive up. Yeah, to like, want to do like this a Saiyan kind of level. music. Yeah, like you're building yeah. up your Super Saiyan <laughs> to that point. Yeah, gotcha. I, yeah. I like it. Well, let's do let's do one one last thing before we do plugs in our goodbyes. So, with how much you're loving making Omni Part One and then the Part Two as well, LP Two, any chance of doing live shows where you go front to back? Would, would that ever be a possibility? Everything's on the table, man. Okay. Um, I, I definitely have to convince my squad that 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 that's what we want slash need to do because when you think about it, you know there are a lot of people that would come out to see us to see songs like Spy Hunter oh, or sure. Stein's theme or PS played one more time. So. How do you balance that uh, with sure. wanting to play an album front to back? So we're going to do a two night uh, album release show, but I, I really don't, you know, this has been a fall, probably October ish. Okay. I really don't see us doing one set that is just all new stuff. Gotcha. It'll probably end up being one set that is more old stuff and one set that has probably more new stuff. Okay. But, 
I don't know. It's not necessarily in the playbook right now to play the album front to back, but I will tell you, like, we're going to have visuals for every song on LP. Ah, okay. All right. So so we've got to do, I I don't know. I I haven't thought it all through yet Okay. because we're still in the process of making it. And the way we're dropping all this stuff is in stages, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to get, LP two, and then you're going to get a book and a film, and then you're going to get shows right around that time and, and after. So it's like, you know, dropping content little by little. It's not all just coming at you at once. Right. Right. All right. It gives, it gives people more things to look forward to. Right. And I think that's a, yeah, that's a great transition, uh, you know, to close out everything too. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, Like I said, we could go. Same here. Oh, thank you, man. We we could certainly go on into more of the concept and everything, but I think it's it's going to be great to have people find out for themselves, to have their interpretations, you know, listen to LP2, and then, like you said, you've got the book that are going to fill in a lot of the blanks, and you've got the film as well. So I would say I'm going to have links in the description of the episode so that people can join Patreon, so they can follow you on social media, keep up with all the announcements and all the stages of everything that's going on with Omni and and Project 86. But until then, is there a best way for people to support you guys? Uh, I I mentioned the two main ones. If people want to obviously go, you know, watch the music videos, uh, stream the record on Spotify or wherever you stream your music. That supports the band uh, initially. And if you want to support us more, we have a Patreon community that uh, I love bragging about because I think it's really unique. I don't know a lot of artists that do it the way that we do in terms of really making the fans feel more like um, collaborators, (laughs) not not just uh, observers of the process. Uh, and, and obviously pre-ordering, uh, a piece of vinyl or a t-shirt or a CD, uh, you can find links to all of the above just by visiting project86.com or you said they'll be in the show notes. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have that website. I'll have direct links as well to Patreon, all that kind of stuff will all be covered. We'll make it super easy for everyone. So yeah, that, that makes total sense to me. So Andrew, once again, man, this was like, I, I don't know, like I said, you know, you've been doing Project 86 for so long. I've been doing the show for so long. We've never crossed paths before. I am very glad that I was finally able to get you on the show, especially for what turned out to be my favorite album of yours. So once again, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I just no, I, I love it, man. And I love catching you at right at the end of making LP2 as well. It's because I Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. So once again, man, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a super busy guy, so thank you. Dude, thank you. The pleasure was all mine. Fantastic conversation. Great questions. Um, and yeah, if you'd have me on again, I would, I would come any day of the week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome. Thank you.